0: Good evening, John. Delighted to say we have another big kickoff cricket podcast. Um, and uh, I've got a full house actually today. Uh, when I say a full house, I've got seven people, no less, which is absolutely brilliant. All all cricket connoisseurs as well. So let's quickly run through who we've got lined no, up. I mean... We've got uh, John Batham, who's the, one of the ECB cricket reporters network. Uh, good evening to you, John. Good evening. Well, I am still at the moment. Who, who, who knows, going forward? <laughs> <laughs> well, ho- hopefully you will, definitely. Um, talking of uh, journalists as well, we've have I'm delighted to say, I've got Jeremy uh, Blackmore as well. Hi. Hi, Jeremy, who's also joined us for the Big Kickoff Cricket podcast for this week. Uh, Jeremy, um, as I say, is a journalist. He writes regularly for the cricket paper, the cricket uh, magazine, And also, uh, there's a fair amount for womenscrickzone.com as well. So, nice to have you on board, uh, Jeremy. Thank you, Peter. Good to be here. Super. Um, All the way from uh, India, no less. Yes, we we get far and away wide here, most definitely. Um, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by someone who's going to talk a lot about the IPL, which is fantastic. Uh, Divyani Singh. Hopefully, Divyani can uh, hear me. Are you there, Divyani?
1: Yes, I'm here. I guess my internet is a little unstable, but I'm here. Don't know if I can be called a cricket connoisseur, though, but I'm here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> None of us know that. Well, exactly.
1: <laughs> That's a relief, honestly. Um,
0: Annie Shave, uh, who's a regular contributor here as well, uh, from uh, the editor of County Cricket Matters. Uh, good evening to you, Annie. Hello,
2: hello. It's lovely to be here again.
0: Uh, Also, talking of journalists, uh, cricket connoisseurs, um, um, best way to introduce him, really. Uh, Marcus, Marcus Hook. I'm very pleased to say that Marcus has joined into the party as well. Good evening to you, Marcus. Hello, Peter. And I think uh, I've got, yeah, two more to come. I'm leaving the best two to last, you see. Uh, Ollie Rayner, who's been on before. Ollie's a former Middlesex player and played for a few other counties as well. He thoroughly enjoyed his first visit to the uh, kickoff.com dot cricket podcast, so we've got him on again. Good evening, Jolly. I was going to say I enjoyed it. I
3: wasn't expecting you to call me back though.
0: <laughs> ah, <laughs> Thanks, well, <for> me. <laughs> you were a success. And last, but certainly not by no means least, uh, I'm delighted to say, uh, making his debut on the cricket podcast, it's Mark Robinson, Mark's ex- uh, an ex cricketer. Also uh, a former coach of uh, England Lions and England women as well. Uh, good evening to you, Mark. Yeah, good evening. Nice to have you all. It's a good evening to Ollie as well. Huh?
4: Heard yeah, you... hi, hi Robo.
0: how are you? <laughs> hey, good, thank you. Been a long time. Yeah.
4: Hair's looking good as ever.
0: There you go. Old oh, friends. Strong. Indeed. Right, guys, we have got a huge amount to get through in a short space of time, so we're going to crack on as best as possible Uh, We have come literally to the end of the domestic season, I'm sorry to say, but don't worry about it. It'll soon be with us again. It's only, uh, I forget how many months away now, but (laughs) back in next April, fingers crossed. Um, This week in particular was announced a new format for county cricket uh, starting next season. I'm sure most of you guys have uh, digested uh, the format with uh, the uh, uh, non-regionalised groups, etc. as well. So let's quickly have your opinion. Uh, I'm going to start off with John. John, what's your opinion on the uh, format for next season?
5: How did I know you were going to ask me first, Peter? <laughs> um, well, I think I, th- I think a, a lot. A lot of the worry about going back to the traditional format was that we weren't all that sure where we were going to be with COVID, um, which, which I guess remains the sort of Imponderable of, of the whole situation. Um, given given that, um, I think I think a move away from the regional uh, groups is a good thing um, because if if this is a format that ends up getting adopted long term, whether for COVID reasons or other reasons, um, I think if I think if teams are playing in regional groups. All the time, that would be uh, difficult for when fans were back in, because there would be counties that they would never see, um, and so therefore to have uh, different ones every year in the mix is is good for the fans to to sort of go to and fro, um, and you know the, the the format of the Bob Willis Trophy seemed to work quite well. Um, I must admit, I found I found the sort of rules and connotations is this one a bit a bit more difficult to follow but then I am thick um but you know uh yeah a bit a bit strange to have somebody being awarded the county championship and then having a Bob Willis trophy final but hey I guess people like to give away silverware don't they
0: very true indeed John yeah very true indeed um Marcus what's your uh, thoughts uh, ahead of this brand new format well as John says I think the main
6: thing is if we've still got the um problems we've got at the moment with COVID then if you've got like the game at uh, Bristol between Gloucestershire and North Ends being called off after a session you know teams if it was two divisions teams would get potentially relegated on the on the basis of uh, you know some COVID tests so I think it's um, pragmatic um, to, to think about next season being quite similar to this and then, and then there might be some games that do get abandoned etc and then teams shouldn't necessarily be Penalised for that, um, but I'm also in favour of it because I think if there had been um, two divisions this year, Surrey would almost certainly have be been relegated.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no one likes to see that, <laughs>
0: Marcus. You always say that every year. He always says Surrey to be relegated. Uh, uh, there you go, <laughs> um, Mark. Um, I gather you've sort of looked through. The format, etc. Obviously, it's great to be fair where it isn't being uh, regionalised as such, because obviously I think that would be quite boring if we'd have the same sides playing each other season after season after season. So, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think it's good.
4: It's a really interesting one. When I was in county cricket, the merits of the two divisions, and it has definitely got some disadvantages to divisions as well as obviously um, a real strong attraction. It, it what it. Two divisions definitely gives you every game's alive. And especially in Division 1. There's no dead games in Division 1. Division Division 2, you definitely can get some dead games. But it made it a little bit like football. Um, desperate to be in Division 1. yeah, you, you had some f- propaganda which wasn't true about, from a player's point of view, this need to be in Division 1, which fueled player transfer, uh, transfer speculation. And players going to coaches. you as well. Uh, you know, I need to be in Division 1, etc. So I'm off. And actually, when you looked at the stats, it wasn't quite the case. Uh, And I think that one of the other downsides of the two divisions was, from a coach's point of view, especially in Division 1, it was hard to play. Youngsters sometimes, hard to to play. And I know, know, being brought up in a different era, a lot of my era would have played that last third of the summer. We'd have made our debuts in that, when the season was a little bit dead for your team and you could bring in young players. So... I actually think it's got some merit because what it has got, it's still got um, a consequence and that's what you want. And I think the regional stuff does, not the regional stuff, the, the three conferences as such gives you the consequence, which is what you want. Hopefully there will be no dead games. But it makes it less cutthroats, this Division 1, Division 2, that you feel. Every team can win the
0: championship. <laughs> I, I'm going to bowl you a real googly here now, okay, mate? Um, as a former player, yeah, I would you be in. <laughs> favour of this uh, new format three teams of six obviously not regionalize or go back to the county championship division one and two
3: well first of all i think if i was a player i'd be lucky because someone would have to do the thinking for me trying to work it all out <laughs> i've been trying to get my <laughs> head around it i know it's probably not that difficult but um i suppose my my reply trust me (laughs) like it'd be a bit of a broken record because obviously i've always got a bit of an angle from a sort of spinner's point of view and things like that but i suppose for me the main thing would be how is it going to be formatted throughout the season is it going to be bookended again or does this allow us to have a you know a pretty even season in terms of you know conditions and everyone getting a fair crack at it but um yeah, I think I'm glad like I didn't go first <laughs> in my uh, explanation or, or how I see it. Um, but yeah, I think it is a little bit, you know, with the the winning the both the trophies and things like that. And um, just out of interest, just listening to it and reading it. And uh, obviously I, I did do a little bit of prep because I didn't want to come in totally blind. But, you know, when, when we're talking about the COVID implications of it, I mean... You're not regionalizing it, so I don't know because obviously Lancashire is in lockdown at the moment, um, and you know, Sussex won't be, for example. So, I don't know how the COVID thing really has been adapted around this trophy. I think, um, and the other thing they're saying is obviously they bring it in because of the COVID, um, but it looks to me like they bring it in to trial it. Um, and if it works, and that's what we're going to have moving forward, because it, there's no real that's that's from true. what I can see, and I might Thank be wrong, you. and please correct me if I'm wrong. There's no sort of way of de- deciding if it goes back to normal, who's going to be in Div One and who's mm. going to be Div Two on the back of it. So that that would be my only sort of thing. But yeah, like I say, if it if it spreads the season out a little bit more evenly, from my point of view, and not just from a spinner's point of view, batters and. And things like that. I think the pitches recently have been more sort of seamer heavy uh, or um, you know, conducive. Sorry. Um, so yeah, it'd be nice to see a more even spread of cricket throughout the year. And uh, I suppose I'll finish on that before I dig myself a hole.
4: <laughs> the, the, the season just on, obviously with COVID starting the championship season later, there were better wickets. So yeah. posting starting in April. What did you start in July? Was it all? Having was
3: said that, I think some of the scores were quite disappointing, but maybe that was a lack of um, preparation. I don't know. Mm. I, I think the everything there was
4: some there was a lot of the teams looked like half second team, half first team, which mm. was had, again had its merits because you saw a lot of young players playing. Look at Essex and they were hardly affected. You look at Hampshire, Sussex. You know, it was it was a very very young, almost a second eleven standard.
2: Mm. Absolutely. We still don't know the schedule yet, do we?
3: Not that I could see.
7: <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy.
4: I'm interested, your take on interested
7: it? to get Ollie's view on um, uh, the, 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 if we've got this uh, Paul bullets Trophy final again next year, um, and taking this year's example again. So there will be a county championship. So if taking this year's example, you have Essex and Somerset going for the going for the win. Mm. They one of them is crowned county champion. And then they've got to go to Lords. Obviously, a big occasion. Everyone will want to win at Lords. But will, will the players be up for having lifted the county championship, going and competing a few days later, a few weeks later, whatever the schedule is, for another tournament um, when they've already put the hard yards in across across the whole summer?
3: Well, I think if it's a couple of days later, the the standard might not be too high. <laughs> There'll be a bit of celebrating, from uh, the limited experience I've had of uh, winning championship um but no i think there'll definitely be the hunger there because there's always something to something to prove and i think the one thing with covid is that you know the uncertainty and i hate to say it but you know around um, sort of contracts and things like that as well there's certainly going to be enough to play for i'd imagine um and you know who knows if the hundred's going to come in and the funding you know it's all up in the air so i think there's definitely and and you know from a professional sportsman's point of view you know there's always something to play for um pride or whatever you want to say and Let's be honest. Um, I, it was quite good that it was a five-day final this year, but mm. I'll be, my, i my—I lost a lot of money on that. I thought, well, <laughs> half, half the championship never lasts three days, let alone five. So, um, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be it would be interesting, but I would I'd like to see how it might impact the championship moving forward because, like I've I've already expressed my gripe with it, is it does seem to be at the start and the end of the season, um, mm. and then if you're trying to breed good young, you know, test cr- cricketers. Take the spinners out of it, take my mute, but you know, opening batters and things like that are having to scrap away on you know, nibblers um, against you know, bless him, and he's done very well, but Darren Stevens and the like. Always um, comes up, yeah, I know, I know. I tell you what, I wouldn't be complaining if I was a 55 and still playing, I have to say, but um, yeah, you know, well, anyway, like I say, I keep going on, but uh, no, it'd be interesting to see
0: how it pans out, right. Just move on to another quick subject. Uh, Owen Morgan this week, the England captain, has warned of mental health issues in biosecure bubbles. Um, I think he's got a very valid point there, actually, to be fair. Um, Annie, what's your take on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, Owen Morgan is not... um, I haven't got a massive take on it, to tell you the truth. Um, I think it's really difficult to know... um, at the moment, they're playing so so much cricket, um, and it, it just seems uh, uh, massively tricky for them all. Um, but they've all been in these bubbles. How do you how do you swap out of a bubble um, and and come back um, and and feel like you can play? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no. I'm...
6: Well, in the IPL at the moment, they in bubbles in, in the IPL. I'm going to like coming from the angle if the money's right. If the money's right, then they'll 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 be in as many bubbles as you like. Um, But um, you know, I think we're also uh, as part of this um, discussion going to talk about touring Pakistan now. You know, there will be some. um, You know, don't want to jump the gun, but there will be some um, reticence about going to Pakistan, and I'd imagine security will be high. So, so even if you're not in a bubble, you'll be surrounded by you know, sort of you know, men with guns and things like this just to protect <laughs> you. So you're in a, in a similar sort of situation, really. <clears throat> I think you, know, you, know, you just want to be safe um, as, part any, as part of anything else. And like I say, even if, if the IPL, they're currently in bubbles, then they don't seem to be complaining too much
0: about that. Diviani, um, just quickly move on to something uh, slightly different there. Um, I think Marcus touched on it there. Obviously, England have been invited to tour uh, Pakistan early next year. Next year in white ball cricket, and of course, today it was announced as well. Talking of white ball cricket, that the England tour to South Africa is going to happen as well uh, into no- uh, November also. As well, um, do you feel that's a good
1: move? I mean, I. I obviously think it's risky, but if you see the IPL players are already traveling from all over the world to come play, even if it's not in India, even if it's in Dubai, I guess um, a lot of precautions are being taken. Obviously, there is a certain amount of risk involved, but then you know, how long can we actually keep it from the people? We, were, we wanted cricket to be back, we wanted football to come back. So I guess sport is something for which people living at home, they need to watch that. I don't know if that sounds a bit selfish, but uh, yeah, I guess there is a balance to be struck between the risk involved and you know how far you can actually push it. But at this point, I don't see why not. If you can hold a tournament such as ITM, I don't see why uh, England cannot tour to Pakistan or South Africa.
0: Jeremy, have you got anything to add to that? Yeah, I think there's been, in terms of Pakistan,
7: there's been some good experiences, players like David Milan and um, Tom Banton and others um, who've been to Pakistan um, in the PSL in in recent years and had good experiences and have talked very highly of some of the um, security precautions that have been put in place. Um, and from a COVID point of view, I think we've um, a lot's been learned from England's experiences this summer. So we've actually seen, other countries have seen the precautions that England have put in place in the biosecure bubble. So there's been a lot of learning going on there. And I think South Africa said today that they've been studying the um, measures that England put in place over the course of, of our summer. Um, and they'll learn from that. And of course, we've got it with the IPL so I think this is something that potentially the new normal I mean Owen Morgan's comments very interesting about how sustainable this is long term um and whether when we get roll round to to next summer whether this is going to be something that players will will want to do um throughout the whole of, of 20 uh, 2021 but uh, that will cross that bridge when we come to it but we saw some players obviously I mean J- Josh Butler was Perhaps the most obvious example had to leave the bubble for for a period um, to spend some time with his family, just because he'd been away for so long. And I think you see it, the, the players not being able to leave the bubble not just in, not just for in between matches, but throughout the whole of a series, which is quite a long time to be away from away from your home. Mm.
2: There, there are massive um, mental health implications, aren't mm. they? Uh, definitely. So um, it does have to be addressed. Absolutely.
3: I think it'd be interesting to hear maybe from Robbo, because um, yeah. having toured a lot, I mean, I, I've done some tours, I've been very privileged to go on tour, I've, I've toured with Robbo as well, the Lions, and even in the nicest, you know, the nicest hotels that they put you up in, you know, it's tough being away, being in different circumstances, and we were in Sri Lanka uh, on on a couple of occasions, I've done India and things like that. And just being away from home for a long period of time, there was a—I'll be honest with you—my first ever Lions tour. I thought, I don't know if international cricket's necessarily necessarily for me. Um, it was very intense, and there's no real break from it. And that was without a biosecure bubble to, mm-hmm. to contend with as well. And, and like I say, I, I, I did actually want to direct that to Robbo maybe because he's he's toured a lot more than I have now.
4: Yeah, well, I think everything you say is right, Ollie. And I think you know you go to some parts of the of the world and. As you've alluded to, you're not allowed out of your hotel, whether it's COVID or not, just because of security. You can, freedom, you can freely walk around. But that's where it gets tough. Your days off are tough then. Um, match days and practice days to degree looks after itself. But it's when you don't get a break from the hotel. You can't go visit something. You can't go shopping or anything that distracts you and try and give you a bit of normality. And that's when it gets tough. And You look at the, some of those England one-day players. They've gone straight from that England bubble, straight into the IPL. Um, without really a break, I think they chartered Australian and England players on the same flight, didn't they? Um, you know, and, and they, you know, they're, they're in the same situation in the IPL. So it will take a toll. There's only so much you, you can do, and you can take of that. So there will be burnout. And what you don't want is every a lot of the players choosing to miss the Pakistan tour because that's almost an easy option. Um, and you hope, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do that that tour proud, and we we send you know, our best players are all available.
5: I think I think this is where we're going to have to be. We're, we're probably going. It's probably going to force more of a move towards white ball squads and red ball squads because you, you're not going to be able to have that many people that are playing Test cricket and ODI cricket. Because because if you are, you're literally going to be going from bubble to bubble to bubble to bubble, and you and you're never you're never going to have any normality. So. People like Butler and Archer and people like that are, are going to have to be handled very carefully. Yeah. Um, the, the and Pakistan, decisions will have to be made.
2: The Pakistan um, whiteboard thing is is at the, probably at the same time as Sri Lanka test, isn't it as well? So that
5: yeah.
3: So
2: yeah. force that issue.
3: Yeah. So
5: you're you're going
2: you to have to be kind on red. the players
3: then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey. It's like, um, oh, he dropped this, he dropped that. <laughs> They've got to stay in their bubbles.
2: But the bubbles have been working, haven't they, in terms of, there's not been much incident of um, people um, coming down with Covid, have there? No, no, no. So that's a, that is a positive.
4: And the positive will be, you know, like Phil Salt might play in the white ball team because, I don't know, when he burst those with a red ball team, and that's yeah. the positive. So you, the, the, we'll broaden our talent pool and get more experiences. And yeah. the, the the challenge will be a lot, and the challenge, the skill will be making sure when it becomes the big big competitions, you've got your best team fresh and ready, isn't it? But I think there's a real a real advantage here of experimenting a bit more as such, and bantam getting more of a go, etc. Exactly. Lots of players, well, we- new opportunity.
2: That's right. We've already really made that red ball and white ball split anyway. I mean, that's, that's um, coming more and more of a thing anyway, even before this.
7: And you'll potentially need larger squads as well, because you can't, with COVID rules, you can't then call somebody in from outside. So if you're going on tour with the white the ball side going to South Africa, that squad's probably going to have to be bigger than it normally would be. So you've got reserves there ready already in the bubble. I think that's
4: the hard bit. The hard bit will be for the ones who don't get close to playing. Um, mm, absolutely. Um, and literally you get Groundhog Day. And, and you look at the challenge of touring, it's generally the ones who battle the most is the one who's having an absolute stinker maybe and had enough. And, and the ones who aren't playing. Because it's, it's tough because what you're training for it becomes pretty obvious you're not going to get a game. It's all two weeks to go. And that's where it becomes really, really tough. I've seen some players you know, get some dark places on tour because of that. Well, that's,
1: that's, the that, that's, the,
5: of that, that's the problem that folks had, isn't it? That's the problem yeah. that folks had for most of the summer, that he was literally sitting in the Red Bull bubble doing bugger all. Uh, and Leach as well. Frankly, which is yeah, exactly. really difficult. <laughs> yeah, Leach as well. Um, th- those two. Bracey. Were, it was really difficult for for those
3: two
2: or three guys but also for the West Indians that came over and didn't play at all yes, yes.
3: no absolutely hats off to them mm.
2: hmm.
0: yeah
3: Very absolutely
0: nutto. um just a couple more subjects to finish up with um we're going to deal with a bit of women's cricket I know John John has covered women's cricket most of the season he's done an awful amount of cricket uh, women's style and uh Jeremy has also as well he's been heavily involved with some women's cricket and of course Mark as I mentioned earlier being a the former coach of uh, England women as well. Um, Mark, I gather you still follow the, 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 the women's game uh, of, of cricket in particular. Um, how do you think it stands at the moment?
4: locally or nationally? Both, really. <laughs> well, we, we've, made it, we've we started something by making some girls professional at mm. um, domestic level. So that's a start. We're, we're five years behind Australia. And you'd say the rest of the world are three or four years behind us? And that's probably where the challenge is. And um, India are emerging very, very quickly. They've got some outstanding young players, but they've still got the domestic structure, which will hold them back a little bit. Um, but just the size of that country and the vast amount of players they have, they're, they're properly on the way. But as I say, we play Australia. They've got 120 professionals. We had 18. And um, just by law of averages, you can bridge the gap to a degree, especially when two of those players are the class of Lanning and, and Perry. Um you know the, the, you've played a little bit with one hand behind your back but the ECB you know they've, they've done the first part of it which is semi we've got a semi-professional things starting now and hopefully that will grow and grow and grow but the the ruby for the the world cricket isn't it is the gap between England and Australia India possibly and the rest of the teams is going to grow New Zealand have been strong that's an aging team as well West Indies I'd love that to actually get my hands on the West Indies team because they're a seem that as not fulfilling, but through a shambles once again when the travel to England this this summer just gone mm.
0: john the the, the uh, domestic uh, women's game is thriving at the moment yeah i think i
5: think i think it's definitely it's definitely making progress um, from the sort of um, national and global stuff that that mark and others have been involved with i mean just watching just watching the kind of evolution from the first year of the KSL through to um, the first year of the Rachel hayho Flint trophy this year um, you know there's def- there's definitely progress being made and um, and obviously because because England were uh, because the England players went off to their bubble um, in Derby partway through the tournament it meant more players came in again um into into the regional sides and and that was good too um yeah you can you can definitely see you can definitely see a progression in various various facets of the game it was quite interesting to see uh some of the women uh adopting some of the stuff that the men have been doing in terms of you know the playing of Yorkers and watching people going back deep in the crease to try and counteract that, and it seems like that trend is is being passed on as well, which is which is good. Um, yeah, there there are there are things to work on, and those who are cynical about the women's game will be cynical about them. But I think it's moving forward, which is which is what we want. Mm.
0: Would you go along with that, Jeremy?
7: Yeah, I think um, I think credit has to go to VCB yeah. this year for actually um, showcasing the women's game. It would it would have been very easy to have said, let India when India pulled out, let's let's just let's just pull back. Yeah. But actually, to have a real focus for a good month month and a half on women's game with a semi professional competition and uh, an international series, albeit a very one-sided one sided one. Um, was was really good, and I think speaking to a lot of the of the, of the players, um, people like Georgia Adams, Sophie Luff, um, they really welcome that opportunity to play some quality um, domestic cricket. That. They still have strong ambitions to play for England, but there is a level of cricket there where they can earn a living. Being a professional cricketer, the standard will be driven up, and I think it will put more competition for places um, for, um, in the England team. That there's people knocking on the door, putting those kind of performances. I mean, the runs Georgia Adams scored this summer was was quite astonishing. So um, to have those kind of players knocking on the door can only do the only do the game. game we have
4: just got to be realistic where it is when we talk. You know, we, we talk about the contracts to long. You know the, the not the not big amounts you know yeah. the, it probably allows you what well, it allows you is not to get a job at tesco's and try and take cricket a bit more seriously we're not taking talking to big amounts but it's a start and you know and women's cricket um professional cricket with a, with a senior girls wow. it's it's an, an, early, sort of an early stage of its evolution um to play on county wickets was a massive thing yes to have the outfields yes. and the better wickets was a huge huge advantage and there were some very young girls there playing, but it will only get better from here, that is the thing. What we I don't like us doing sometimes if we overlord it, it is we can't easily equally knock it in, the, in in that extent as well. And what you have now is aspirational. So a girl who is fifteen has a pathway in front of her. So when Sophie Eccleston got a contract at the age of seventeen, that was the first one I'd ever got a contract, One straight from school, I hadn't had to the chance to shine, get a part-time job, go to university, really game. So, as I say, we're at the start of something, and that is exciting. And like you said, the more games on BBC, etc., the more exposure get full stop, the more it will keep on going.
0: Interesting point there. Thanks, thanks very much, Mark. We're, we're going to end up with a, a little bit of IPL, because uh, um, I don't know how many people have been grossly involved with the IPL watching it. There's been some fantastic matches, it has to be said. Super overs after super over, uh, tight finishes, the lot. Um, I'm going to quickly go to uh, Divyani because obviously she's uh, based over in uh, India. Um, Divyani, how's the IPL been going down in India and do you feel that this has probably been the best IPL so far?
1: Uh, best IPL, that is uh, a difficult to say since it's not uh, being held in India itself and I really miss going down the Gardens and watching the game. So I don't know if it's the best, but yeah, the games have been unreal, haven't they? We got three super overs in one day. I absolutely went crazy that day. I got off work and I watched all the matches and I just couldn't stop. And I, I sometimes I feel like, is this actually happening? The games have really, really been unreal. And uh, I live in Kolkata, so I support Kolkata Knight Riders and uh, Morgan is our captain now. So. Uh, I'll save this story for another day, but like I support, I, even though I'm an Indian, I support England a lot, uh, and it's very exciting to have Morgan as our captain, and yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. That is the thing I look forward to in my day, to be very honest.
0: Brilliant. Um, we've got a couple of minutes left, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to go around the board and just ask one simple question. Um, looking ahead to next season, I know it's a long way off. But go back to last season and just nominate one player that you 've seen who you generally feel is going to make a big impression in two thousand and twenty one um, i 'll quickly start with John
1: Oh,
0: one only <laughs> well i've got i 've got to
5: pick a middlesex boy haven't I yep. um, and in uh, in, uh, in in deference to uh, uh, Mr. Rayner, because he's on the call. Um, <laughs> I'm going I'm to be very interested to see what happens with uh, Luke Holman. Mm. Okay. Uh, uh, his appearances in the T20 were
4: mm.
5: very dynamic. Marcus? Well,
6: I, was, I was thinking before this call, there's going to be a lot of players next year going to have a difficult second season, aren't mm. they? Mm. So, um, and, and, the, and the chap that impressed me the most... I probably don't see him breaking through next season either, but he's certainly impressed when he played for Surrey on loan from Worcestershire. So my nomination is a Worcestershire bowler who reminds me so much of Neil Foster. It's unbelievable. His name is Adam Finch. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was speaking to uh, John Curtis, who covers Worcestershire, he's (coughs) his hands off Surrey, but um, Surrey could, you know, could do a lot worse than sign Adam Finch for the long term. You know, he's about six foot three, six foot four. But, you know, if you've seen um, Neil Foster bowl, Adam Finch is exactly the same, very repeatable action and that's why I'd, put, I'd pick him above maybe someone like um, Dan Moriarty, who did very well. But as we know, with left-arm spinners, and this is why I think Jack Leach is the best spinner in the country, with left-arm spinners, doing it season after season <coughs> isn't as easy as, as other pursuits. So, so my man would be Adam Finch. But Dan, Dan Moriarty definitely mm-hmm. would be in the picture, but maybe
0: won't have as big a season next year as he had this. OK, we've got a couple of minutes left. Annie, who would you nominate?
2: Well, following on from John, obviously I have to go for a Somerset Mm. player. So um, Tom Lammanby, I've seen him since he was about eight. I've watched him grow. I think he's a real, real Mm. class actor. Be Somerset opener. Um, I think wonderful player. Got loads of potential.
0: Okay,
3: Ollie, ditto. Oh, sorry. Well, I have to say, um, Annie, kind of, I was definitely thinking Lamb and Bee um, as well, mm. but I'll go against the grain slightly. I'll stay with Somerset, but now Surrey, I'm very interested to see how Jamie Overton goes in the big smoke. Uh, he's been a big well, fish in are. a small pond. <laughs> uh, you know, he's been, a, he's been a big fish in a small pond. He's definitely got something there for sure. Mm. Um, it's not easy moving into a big club away from home. Um, and it could make or break him in my humble opinion he needs um, to fix it.
2: That's the thing.
3: well that's it, and obviously, with that in mind, he's had the backing of Somerset because they know him from a you know youngster coming through, and they know what he can do Surrey obviously do know what they uh, he can do, and he's got Daz Vanessa, there, who is the old s and c um, but i'm I'm you know take all that away i'm very interested to see how how he goes for sure
0: brilliant. Guys, we've run out of time. Thank you so much. You've been an absolute joy to speak to. Thanks very much to Annie, Jeremy, Ollie, Gibiani, John, Mark, and Marcus. All seven of you. We've had a great party. Thank you very much for joining us.